Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler from Tressler Law. So Ann, with the holidays just around the corner, I'm curious as to how divorcing couples with children cope with creating new holiday schedules. Is this something you work with clients on, or do people come up with their own schedules? It's really both. It depends on how well the parents are working together as they're going through the divorce process. It's always best if they can do it and maybe kind of encompass family traditions and keep that consistency for the kids. They definitely need a holiday schedule. If they can't do it themselves, then yes, we're definitely going to step in and, and help them get through that process. But it sounds like you really try to encourage people to put the kids first despite whatever is going on. Absolutely. As I just gave the example of maybe keeping the family traditions in place, that's an example of showing that your priority is the kids. It's not about I get every Christmas Eve or I get every Christmas Day. It's what do the kids know and how can we make sure the kids get the balance and service their emotional needs. To learn more about Tressler Law or to schedule your free one-hour divorce consultation, visit TresslerLaw.com or MyTalk1071.com keyword divorce. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. We are here, we are back, and... Back in the studio, we're out of the wild. We are out of the wild. Lori has on a cute little holiday sweater. I know. Ellie and I forgot to wear hers. Grant's having the day off. It's a national Christmas sweater day. I. It is that, Lori. It is. Oh, my God. I, I got the memo. I haven't even taken out my sweater box yet. Oh. I feel disappointing. I know. <laughs> well, uh, you know... I thought I would wear it for the Golden Bachelor, or, or we, we actually do have news because there was this huge, there was a big panel in New York City on Monday, and we found out some kind of good stuff, but... Um, We're going to talk about Yeah, that, but please. I thought, oh, people can see me in my... Fe-, but all you can see in, in the camera is my gray sweatshirt and a ball, a green <laughs> ball in the middle of my chest. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, last we saw each other, we said goodbye in Hudson, Wisconsin. We did, and I went to play a night of pickleball with family and friends. That was absolutely fun, fun, fun. Where'd you play? Legacy. Legacy. You know, the place. The and Woodbury pe- place the Woodbury. that owns your business. They kind of, <laughs> they kind of do, uh-huh. um, but it's lovely. But, um, so last night, um... You know, Oprah is out doing the rounds for the color purple. Is she ever? She, she told Sherry Shepard that there's nothing purple left in stores or online because she's, she's and the cast are so committed to wearing purple to everything. I've bought everything. Well, so Stephen Colbert is doing his opening monologue last night in New York City, and she comes out, and this happens. Thank you so much. Is this, is this it right? Thank you so much. She gives him a present. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go ahead and say this is probably a ticket to the color purple. <laughs> you got me a ticket to the color purple. No, I did not get you a ticket to the color purple. I got everybody here! <laughs> what? No car? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You get a ticket. And you, <laughs> you get, get a ticket. ticket. And you get a ticket. Everybody gets a ticket to the color purple. I mean, that, who knew that that would be such an iconic saying that would just stay with and become part of the lexicon? lexicon. Yeah. Well, here's another, here's some gossip. Um, I, I guess I never knew about this, but this is um, a stylist okay. from The View. Okay. Who used to style one of the Real Housewives of Atlanta peaches. Um, a while back, anyway, they um, it's it apparently Oprah and Whoopi got into it 
uh, when Oprah stopped by The View. Um, and it was after the show, and apparently Whoopi confronted Oprah about telling Fantasia that Whoopi didn't want to be bothered when Fantasia mentioned to Oprah, I'd like to reach out to Whoopi while filming the movie. And Whoopi felt slighted, and she... Wait, say that again. Okay, so Whoopi was in the color purple. Sure, of course she was. Okay. All right, well, I don't know if you know that. I you, do know that. Yeah, okay, okay. so Whoopi confronted, so when they were filming this new musical, which is a film version of the Broadway show, um, Fantasia apparently had mentioned to Oprah, hey, maybe I'll reach out to Whoopi. And Whoopi had heard through the grapevine that Oprah went out of her way to tell Fantasia you don't need to bother Whoopi or talk to Whoopi. And Whoopi wanted to know if that was true. And she also wanted to know, like, why she she wasn't invited, like, to the movie premiere in New York. Oh. And Whoopi has always felt slighted, apparently, by Oprah. So she wasn't shocked. But she asked Oprah to her face backstage. And production had to step in between the two ladies. It got so heated. Whoopi apparently said this, I've always known you don't really like me and I've never known why because I've always been kind to me. You have slighted me for years and not invited to me think to things I would have wanted to have been a part of. What is your problem with me? Like she didn't get invited to Whoopi's 50th or 60, you know. Oh, she, she, Whoopi didn't get invited to Oprah's. Yes, okay. yes. And they said, I guess you could hear a pin drop in the room and Whoopi went on, she just, uh, he went on about how she feels underappreciated in the industry, and she thought uh, as a black woman, Oprah would be more supportive oh, Lori. of her. And they said Oprah picked up her purple bag <laughs> and just left the room. And she said she was not there for negativity, and I guess Whoopi just lost it and actually cried. Oh, my gosh. And that is why Whoopi got a standing ovation from the cast because it got around at least through the people in production as you know felt being overlooked as the original uh Seely. Wow. And Oprah had filmed CBS Mornings the day before in New York and so anyway um is there still bad blood? Well this we just happened. Okay. This just happened in the Views green room. Oh. So who that's the beef we didn't know about. Oprah? Or maybe don't want to know. It makes me feel bad for Whoopi a little bit. Uh, you know. I mean, yeah. it's It doesn't, you know. But whatever. I mean, see high school. Hollywood Every, really is like high school. And everybody's <laughs> feelings will get hurt whether or not you plan on it. Yeah. At some point or another. Mm-hmm. Well, she had on. So when she came on to Colbert last night, she had on something that showed part of your tummy. You know those shirts now that are a little bit higher? A diamond. A diamond shape of skin. She had a diamond shape of skin exposed. And uh, she looked, you know, she just looks so gorgeous. And it's funny because she does have everything purple going. I mean, Prince would be so happy. <laughs> you know, he'd be so happy. So, yeah, I, apparently they are. It's bad blood between those two. And uh, Oprah left. She picked up her purple bag and left. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, People, you know, I can Oprah, I mean, Whoopi speaks her mind. Yes, she does. And not everybody likes everybody. And just because you're two black women doesn't mean you're going to like be 
but he, but I can see where Whoopi probably did feel slighted, slighted because somehow it did get back to her that Fantasia was told, "Oh, Oprah said," even though that might not have been. You know, we've all played if telephone you, game, telephone game, and uh, do you remember that in Girl Scout when you had to play <laughs> that game or in school? In school. Yes, you'd, you'd totally. turn to the person next to you and you'd say something, and then by the time it got all the way around, it was something completely different. Telephone game. Telephone game. So that's what happened. In the color purple, the musical opens, but she is schlepping this Christmas heart. Day. Yeah, Christmas Day. Yeah, they want it to be a huge hit, and it it should be. But you know, musicals are always tricky. Well. We hope it's a good one. But they're always tricky mm-hmm. for the audience. And you have two musicals, although Wonka opens today. So two, that'll have two weeks in before the Color Purple opens. Right. So it should be fine. It should be yeah. fine. Everyone, that's, yeah. All mm-hmm. right. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, the latest updates in the Golden Bachelor saga. And uh, it promises that we're probably going to see more of this. We'll be right back. It's Lori and Julia and my talk. Confess, we're not done with Gary, our Golden Bachelor. The wedding is to be January 4th. And hello, Gary. You have something to tell us? I'm 72, and I'm your first ever Golden Bachelor. What I hope is that I can look at one of those women and know that I've found the right person. Oh, Gary, Gary, Gary. Well, I thought we would be done talking about this until the wedding happened. But on Monday in New York City... The executive producer of uh, Golden Bachelor, or just the franchise in general, and the two showrunners were joined by Gary and Teresa on stage at a panel presented by Variety called For Your Consideration. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, this think, panel. Well, to me, it means For Your Consideration in Advertising in 2024. Coming Usually, up. Yes, they call Julia. them the upfronts or something yeah. like that. So it's they're having a special one right. because it did so well. Maybe they're looking for some sponsors. The, I yeah, think it, so. Did you see that headline too? It was like Teresa and Gary's first red carpet, and it was like this was an event for them. Like, let's not act like they're first of many. But I think yeah, people right. are delighted to see them together. And the reading, the ratings came in, and nine point four million people. We're watching that on it when it got towards the end of it, the finale, and that's huge numbers. Well, but yeah. that's exactly mm-hmm. why they've brought this panel on the road. And some of the things that we learn from the panel are kind of interesting. For for one thing, I mean, they did ask Teresa the golden question: "What was it like watching Gary make out and say all these things?" Well, Gary, to other women? Gary prepared me. And we would talk on the phone all the time, and he said it's going to be it's going to be hard for you to watch Teresa. Okay, but here's also what she said: she watched every episode with her daughter, her son-in-law, and her three grandsons. She was horrified at what she looked like on camera. The following night, she would watch it alone, and that's when she would let the sting of certain scenes hit her. And she said, "Yes, that Gary." Told her there's some things I'm not going to be able to prepare you for. Understatement, yeah. right? Hey, what do you think? And she did I mean, cry over a few things. Yeah, I I get that. Listen, I'll say I want to 
I want to attack everybody, right, all the time, always on this show. I will say this, Teresa. I feel bad because you're a beautiful woman and you look amazing and nobody likes themselves on TV uh, unless you're a monster. So I feel bad that she doesn't like looking at herself. She's gorgeous. Well, I, I, but I understand where she's coming from because the difference with hair and makeup, I mean, TV yeah. is a different thing. Yeah. And to be, these women yeah. had no professionals helping oh. them. I would, I would Susan. be bummed, too. It was Susan Knowles who's rumored to be possibly being the officiant at this wedding. Oh, I love that because idea. Because she's certified and marries people. Susan Knowles, the one who looks like Kris Jenner. Yeah, yeah, I know. She's a great pick. She's a great pick. So, I don't know. That's just a rumor. Some other things that happened. Uh, the executive producer said uh, they, we, they didn't know how viewers were going to respond when the first kiss they talked about it. Like, what's it going to be like when these when these older people kiss? Grandpa kisses. And here's here's what they said. The executive producer looked at Teresa and she said, Teresa, when you grabbed the back of Gary's neck and you went for it, I don't know if you heard us. We erupted in the control room. We were so loud. We had to quiet ourselves down. And I think that was the moment we realized this could work. We loved it, absolutely loved it. And I just kept going back to that kiss and just thinking, wow, that was just not any, you know, it was just great, like any other person. So that was a revelation to the showrunners. Yeah, they talk about kind of the last big lines in Hollywood, and one of the biggest hurdle that they talk about is ageism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because I would think nothing of it. I was so excited. I would think I was the most excited for the fantasy suites more than like the people in the fantasy suites. Mm -hmm. But Hollywood is crazy about age. And so I think for them, they've categorized these very, these people could be sexual, but they've like put them in a weird grandpa box. And I feel like, that's on them, and I'm glad they were able to push through even though they felt that way. And I, and mm-hmm. even taking that a little further, it's how advertisers see the world because the demos yeah. in buying ads ends at age 54. That's the, you know, right. That's, and it's like 35 or older, 18, 24, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, something 35, 35, 54, and then it ends. Which so is wild because. Like, because my mom, Beverly, is buying right. all of this everything. Stuff. So yeah. that is kind of how the advertisers yeah. feel. And so yeah. you can think of when you're producing a show, well, how, where are we going to sell the most ads and that sort of thing? Because that's what makes everything run. Yeah. Um, they well, also people like to kiss. Yeah. They also talked about um, the they could envision that the all of the Bachelor franchise will change um, completely from this golden bachelor i know the next one that's coming up it's already been filmed that they said it's going to change we finally kind of realized we have a legacy show and we just kind of treated it in the same old way doing repetitive thing with our casting 20 and 30 some things yeah you know and so they there was a lot of i mean they admitted they said they want a golden bachelor spinoff yet they Aren't ready to announce they could envision golden paradise. I don't know if I could handle that. I could. Well, not, well the only, okay, I I could ahead. handle it. I'm just saying I don't know if do they want to live in those conditions because 
those people are like sitting on the floor doing makeup. Right, like it's, right. I, I don't know if that's everyone's. But they jam. could reimagine Golden right. Paradise, and they totally. can get a they could put sandals chairs. to sponsor right. it, right? And it could be at sandals. And yeah, then- like, I think that they. Um, I think that would be really kind of fun because I think what they're finding is that this group of women are very dyma- dynamic, very compelling. People like them, and that's why they're including them in things. And they have lost their younger audience. Yeah, yeah. And they've lost. The numbers aren't nearly like they have well, been. Well, and they talked about that. The The executive producer said, we got away from being authentic, and that yeah. is the death knell in reality TV. Mm-hmm. The audience will go along, will go along for the drama, but the minute the audience sing, we are getting played... And that's how people felt about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. It was just yeah. like, uh, except Charity had a very good season because it was summer and uh-huh. we were ready for it. And she did, you know, she, she got like about four million, but they misplayed so many things. And they were just like, so almost in a way, I kind of felt like there was some mea culpas from the producers. Yeah. I think a big problem too. So like ignoring the fact that like it is that a lot of the people that, were on this bachelor didn't know how to play reality TV. They didn't have ulterior motives. They weren't, mm-hmm. um, you know, on there pretending to be in love to get their Instagram followers up. And that really showcased, I mean, it really felt like, I mean, we talked about the messiest bachelor in history might be Gary because he really didn't, I don't think thought about how the way he was going to be perceived. And because of that, we got so much authentic interactions and i do think that's why so many people bought into it and liked it and he gary did speak up and he said at this thing that um he knew it was going to be difficult and he was all in but the hardest part without a doubt from him was um elimination elimination right i mean as you can imagine i mean we saw him i think all that was real i mean yeah he was real and they just changed the storyline a little bit (laughs) yeah well yeah and he did you know finally admit in an interview uh a couple weeks ago with katie couric after the goal the the finale he told katie i guess i would say this i did date a number of women but then it becomes of an issue of how you define whether you're in a relationship the relationship the hollywood reporter wrote about made it seem like it was more of a relationship than it really was. So he was definitely being very cagey and yeah. not wording it very well. So yeah, basically the Hollywood reporter story was true. He okay. started dating that woman a month after his wife died. Um, okay. <sighs> I, you can say what you want. Mm-hmm. And Gary, like we've all been professionally gaslit by enough yeah, men exactly. to know that like, if you move in with somebody, you're in a relationship. relationship. Unless so if she's got one letter, <laughs> one exactly. No, no. If she's got one letter to that address, yeah. I would say, listen, Gary, just admit it. We don't even care. Yeah, I don't I know even care. It. Just I, say, yeah, yeah. I I uh, hooked up with people after my wife died. Like that's very understandable. But don't try to like. Well, what's a relationship? Right, right, right. Right. I know it. And and Leslie Fema was um, interviewed this week by the Star Tribune, and they asked her if she was going to be the Bachelorette. And what did she say? I don't know. I don't know. So are you in talks? Are you in talks about the Golden Bachelor? Bachelorette? Not as of yet. No. Brittany, thoughts? 
I'm working my fingers off to try to get her as a guest. That's like my last dying wish. I just, Thank I you. just Thank need you. her on the show. Thank you, Brittany. Love you guys. All right. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back after we find out what is happening with the traffic, Ellie. Hey, gang, it's Lori and Julia here for Hammernex Flooring Solutions, and we had so much fun at their Hudson store yesterday doing our remote, and just want you to know that they are hosting a year-end clear the warehouse sale um, still at two locations in New Hope off 169 in Bass Lake Road in St. Paul on Rice Street. Up to 80% off luxury wide plank vinyl, 25% off carpet styles. Look for the yellow tags. Um, stores also in Hudson and Rochester, they're too new to have the big discounts, but it is all happening. And, you know, we learned that they have this whole um, hardwood floor new division. So if you have an older home and want to have your hardwood floors redone or need some floor matching. That's right. They can take care of all of that now and matching colors and everything. And um, if you buy before the 17th your flooring, what it can be it? in... the 15th? We can it, do it. We can do it. It can be installed before the holiday. Top 107.1. Everything entertainment. My Talk 1071's 16th annual Santa project to benefit Ronald McDonald House Charities. Bring a toy or gift to Hammernix Flooring Solution in Hudson during the Lori and Julia broadcast that took place yesterday, December 14th. But you can still take your gifts and get them in time for the holidays. Hammernix Flooring Solutions and St. Paul New Hope are collecting donations all throughout the rest of the evening. So for more details and a full broadcast schedule, go to mytalk1071.com, keyword Santa. Thanks, Ellie. Okay, so um, we've got two pairs of tickets to give away at some point in our show today to see the Minnesota Wild play Montreal uh, next Thursday, December 21st at the X. We will let you know when it's time to call in, but now is not the time. Now is not the time. But you have very good chances. Okay, Lori, I came across this story, and um, it's the holiday party season, okay? And this story said that the number one place that office affairs start oh the holiday party is at the yeah. holiday party yeah this is this is a no duh and so they they interviewed 3800 people and roughly 85% of them are going to be starting so i know people are having they had them last weekend i know our big one is the saturday night mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so people be on the be careful Oh, there's always, there's always <laughs> gossip. I've been the subject of gossip, not because I was fooling around with anybody, but I was teasing uh, Steve and Donna because they're hosting tomorrow night. Yes. And I said, he's like, I, it might be the second year they've hosted. And I, he's like, well, you know, how do you ever get out of it? I said, do like Julia and I do. And on the third year, be drunk and inappropriate. And then they'll never ask you. There back. you go. <laughs> that worked for us. <laughs> That totally worked, that worked for, us. for us, Ellie. And I remember people were like, several people were like, that was the funniest stuff. Oh, my God. And I, and I just remember. <laughs> we were just giving away prizes. Yes, but we would draw someone's name and then we would go Co- on about them. Do a little them. commentary. Do a little commentating on them and what we know about them from the hallways. We were very funny, though, I, I thought. But that is how you get out of it. I don't see it happening with those two. No, I don't either. <laughs> so I don't know what it would be if Steve went on with a monologue. 
Maybe that, that could be could, a way to could. end it. If he does that, if he tries to do stand-up, um, and w- I'll be the first to throw a roll at him. There you go, Lori. <laughs> and then the thing is, you know, you did you catch up with him about his... He was with Kelly and Mark last Friday night for dinner. Kelly yes. Griffin, Mark Consuelas. Yes, yes. I, I gave him massive amounts of uh, grief about it because I... You've been a fan longer. I know that's what you're going to say. Well, no, I know I'm a fan. I am a hardcore fan of Live with Kelly and Mark. They are so good together. He's on the show. He might be a big one, too. But, I mean, it's the the best um, chemistry since Regis. Yeah. Uh, Just, they're so funny together. And you can see why they have been a great, happily... Married couple that has like a lot of fun friends and everything because they just are quite uh, charming and silly uh, together. But I heard, I think it was maybe Monday, he talked about having that. Oh, they, somehow they were talking about Christmas trees right. and the shakers. Oh, the Christmas Shaking tree shakers, the, yeah, getting get out all the bugs and mites that come into your home. Yeah. Which we'd never heard about before. No, but I think maybe people have. I don't know. I People don't know. with money know how to shake? No, I think maybe like good tree operations, you know, they shake them already before okay. they come to the lot. That's what I choose to believe. Okay. Um, but anyway, he said, yeah, yeah. And then Steve came over for dinner. And then he was like, Mark is saying this. Mark on the is air. saying this, Mark Consuelos. And he says, and, you know, it might have went a little long. It, it it was a 2P night. And Kelly was like, what are you talking about? Who peed twice? And he's like, no, Steve, and if you got to pee twice, that's definitely a sign you've overstayed your welcome. It's time to go. And Kelly's like, what? No, we were having so much fun. He's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, he's teasing. No, he wasn't teasing. Oh, no he way. wasn't teasing. He didn't. And, and I, so I asked Steve about it. I said, he said, well, you know, I was getting the vibe. I might be overstaying my right? welcome, but Kelly is genuinely gets very excited to see him, and she's a talker. Right. She's a talker, and he said he didn't leave until 10.30, which is late on a school night for a Thursday night, even though it's New York City, you know? Yeah. And he had stuff going on. He said, I was a little bit, because I know, he said, at my house, I wouldn't fly. Oh, no. You yeah. Know, I said, well, it's New York. And he said, no, I, I knew. He said, I knew. So Kelly kept asking question. Mark was done. Yeah, he was just like, he's just like, no, you know, I just think that people should, you know, be, uh, you know, if you go two times. I would never times. be invited anywhere because I pee twice in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, mine would be a 7 yeah. pee or something like that. Anyway. But did was... he talk about the apartment or anything? I can't no, imagine. No, I didn't ask him about okay. any of that kind of stuff because I just imagine it's beautiful. Oh, gosh. And he probably just saw a little bit, the foyer I in the dining room and the powder room. I thought they would. Maybe they gave him a tour. Christmas tree. That that was over the. You know they did that. That How was out. We go out to Connecticut or whatever. You know, so that's fun. Maybe he'll tell that story. Maybe, but I think it's going to air on Mark and Kelly next week, oh, okay. like on Monday or Tuesday. We'll get to see it. But so was he being filmed when he was having dinner there? No. Oh, just the Christmas tree shopping part of it. He did one little Instagram reel of it, but no, I, he wasn't being filmed there. He was invited as a friend. And so that's why Mark, you know, doing that thing. And Kelly's like, what? And um, Steve said one of the producers called to, well, you know, Mark kind of tired. You know, he, you know, like... In case Steve would be offended by it or whatever. Okay. He thought it was funny. Oh, it's funny. 
That's yeah. very funny. And I'm sure there was kind of a joke, too. Don't you think? Well, maybe. Or uh, maybe. Uh, I, I think he meant it. It's always a good way of telling somebody something with humor out loud in front of a national audience. Yes. To make sure it's not repeated again. <laughs> oh, Lori. You know what I, I mean? to be. I, because I think that they could, you know, like... It, He'd get another invitation, but just no more stay until 1030 we, unless it's the right. summer and we don't have to work. Tomorrow. It's going to be happy hour. You know, the thing that I wanted to know, because a couple years ago, they mentioned that they were going to produce a show. All My Children. Yes. Okay, like well, a prequel or a sequel or something different with All My Children. We're talking about Kelly and Mark and Steve and Donna. Here's what I know from watching Susan Lucci on GMA when she sat down okay. with Lara. Because tonight on CBS, the daytime Emmys are going yes. to be aired for the first time at night in a long time. Um, a lot of, if you're, you know, a person who's been around a while and you remember one life to live, you know, uh, General Hospital, some of the... Um, Actresses, you know, remember Vivian and oh. Erica, and they they were tweeting. They're going to have a lot of people there because Susan Lucci's being honored tonight with the Icon Award. And Lara asked her about Mark and Kelly wanting to do at Pine Valley is what the yes, show was yes, going to be called. Right. And she said, she said yes. She's heard about it. She's talked with Mark and Kelly, but the SAG after strike. Everything got put yeah. on hold, but that is the plan. And she's talked about the first time she met uh, Kelly Ripa. She goes, she played Haley and she was my goth. She was this goth kid and she and Mark were just so young and cute. And of course, that's how they, you know, that's how they met. met and stuff. So I'm sure I'm pretty sure that Mark and Kelly will be at this daytime Emmys because some of the longtime all my children people are 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 gone, but I hope Opal is there. Yes, you know, she's yes. Act, the actress from here, but it's supposed to be kind of a star event tonight on CBS. I and, love that. And she said, yeah, we all want to do it. Oh, the Pine God. Valley. I reboot. hope that happens. And yeah, she, she just was It's really, on at 8 o'clock tonight on CBS. 8 o'clock. And then Reacher. Reacher has come back season two. If you were a fan of uh, Prime Video's most watched original series it is back tonight and our dreamy alan richson who's the perfect jack reacher based on the lee child books um i guess this season is even better that's what i read mm -hmm. hey, ellie have you watched I, I love that series because I, I love too. the books same it's, it's, he's a great casting he is great and he was kind of an unknown, right? We didn't know who Alan Wasn't he Richard? like a football player from North Dakota or something who started he something like... He was in like... one other thing I watched called yeah. Blue Mountain State, which That's was yes. raunchy as... Right, about football or yeah. something. Yeah, it? it was about yeah. community college football. Yes. And he's 41, so he's found fame on the older end. You know, yeah. he was like 39 when uh, Reacher came up, but he had 20 years of just veteran acting character, you know... Uh, under his belt and uh he he just he he just loves doing the show and he really is perfectly cast as jack reacher because we all laughed and laughed when you know tom, tom cruise. cruise was cast in that reacher movie six, four guy yeah who, who's the character in the books you know um this one you'll gobble up Yes, very bingeable. I, it's so bingeable okay that's that's good tv stuff all right so when we come back you guys um 
You know, just a little bit more from our our favorite gal right now. Oh, I'm she's, in, she's I making just... the rounds. And then I have a questionable mm-hmm. headline about the, uh, a person that I want to run by you, Lori and Ellie. We'll be right back. It's Lori and Julia. Lori's telling me uh, when we should start high school um, so you don't get roped into anything at your high school. Well, if you start a new school in 10th grade, <laughs> you can't you can't be forced into any click because you're new. So you can you can, you can flit. Float. You can flit around. You can flit around. Yeah. I transferred my, my senior year. Well, you can really flit I, I did that. A, um, Christine wants Tad to show up tonight at, you know, the daytime. Tad, yes, of Emmys. course. Tad should show up at the daytime Tad, Emmys for Susan Lucci. Yes. I think it's, I got to remind my mom to watch, watch that because I actually did DVR the CMA Country Christmas, which was hosted by Amy, um, Who's Grant, Amy Grant, and mm-hmm. Trisha, Miss Trisha Yearwood, mm-hmm. and Gee Joya. It would have been your cup of a holiday thing. It was all, oh holy night! All my favorites. I like the classics. War and Treaty. War and Treaty came out. That's that uh, couple. They sang "If I Can Dream" at the yes. Graceland special. They sang. They have a funny back name. Yeah, War and Treaty. Well, just like Maybe you know, it's okay, names. but it's memorable. Yeah. But it, Ellie, it was just a very the the high. Holy Christmas songs. It was so pretty. I love it. I love it. It was it, so I pretty. Now, something that was just absolutely, I, I was just delighted for because I had a scary experience this morning with Casey and Drew Barrymore and Gary Oldman from Slow Horses, which that show is so good. <laughs> so Gary Oldman was on Drew Barrymore yesterday. First of all, I can't even imagine sitting down with anyone. He's so curmudgeon Okay, but that's his character that's true. On, that's true. on Slow, Slow Horses. Horses and Casey. Apple Plus. And Casey has read all the books, yep. loves them. And and um, Ellie, do you know this show, Slow Horses? No, I have absolutely no idea. Okay, it's on so Apple Plus. It's, it, oh. Just in a nutshell, it's like the people in... And M that are M5, M2, like, you M13. know, a CIA agent here, when they do bad things, when they get the intelligence wrong, or they do something, they go off to this other division. To the pasture. Called, called Slough House. But all the other people that are intelligence call them the slow horses. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where they've been put <laughs> They've been put down to pasture. That's a good concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, but these guys still solve, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. they all have amazing intelligence, but they... It, it would be exhausting to be a spy and undercover uh, and do all of that. And I've watched enough shows to know that it would and be... You're right, Lori. Really and not would. be able to tell your spouse, your partner, anything. anything. So you live a lie 24-7. Yes. Exhausting. So it's an intriguing concept for the show because you're seeing it you know, from the other side. But Gary Oldman's character is um, Harry Lamb. And it's just... A, it's going to be iconic in the way that Columbo is because you've never seen a bigger, dirtier, schlubby. Seems like he wouldn't be very smart, but is sly and knows everything. It's just so he's on the couch with Drew Barrymore and he comes out in kind of pajama pants and a goatee and a band. You know, he's dressing like a British rocker kind of. And he is, of course, completely the opposite, but Drew curled up her legs on the couch, grabbed his hand, and proclaimed him this the most magical human. And they didn't even spend one second talking about the show. It was just her 
being inches from his face. Rubbing. Rubbing. And Casey. What is this? Casey, what is this? I don't know, but he just said to me, he said, do we have to watch this? I, what is going on? <laughs> Casey is captive audience after the surgery. After the surgery, he has to watch whatever I'm watching for the show. And Gary Oldman did get in a good story. He was very good friends with David Bowie. Oh. And they like to go boating together. And oh, they've nice. known each other. They knew each other for years. And he told the story about, you know, overhearing um, David Bowie doing, you know, the beginning of Major Tom, ground control to Major Tom. And, you know, he was really, really lovely. But she was so syrupy and fawning, it it was just uncomfortable and he handled it like a pro and obviously maybe she can get away with this because she's been in Hollywood forever. But again, it's cemented in my mind that Hollywood is high school. Oh, you're so funny. You know, the thing and I she think was about, just kissing up to him so hard. And is he English? Yes, he is. Is uh-huh. Christine um, Thomas still in this? Kristen Scott Thomas. Yes, she's in it. Kristen Scott Thomas yeah. is in this slow horses. I'm on the second series. I just started it. The, yeah, there's it's very only, good. It's on Apple Plus, right? It's on Apple. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and it's Apple Plus. And the first season is six episodes. They filmed the first and two seasons, six and six. So we're just on. You know, it, it just dropped. But anyway, uh, so I was so happy to scrub that from my mind, going to the opposite side of the couch and seeing Kelly Clarkson. Uh, hosting, having Cher on her show, and um, it's Cher fun w- seeing these iconic women do interviews. Well, like, Cher you know, was on Cher- in July when yeah. DJ played a Christmas song, yeah. and Kelly Clarkson feels like I do about that song. It's the first instant classic we've had since Mariah. All I want for Christmas is you, um, and so here, just play the, these two. This first one. Look, I have to bring this up because we're both with the Christmas tree lighting. I was most excited. Like, they were like, will you host the show? I was like, sure, yeah, I love it. Like, I love Christmas. I was most excited. This is me dancing. Singing every damn word. I'm not kidding. I wore my sister out with your song at Thanksgiving. Like, it came out in October, and I I literally told my, I was like, Please get her on the show. I was like, I. this is the DJ play Christmas song. I'm going to say it. Fight me on it. It's the greatest Christmas song to come out since All I Want for Christmas is You. It's the greatest contemporary Christmas song to come out. Like, I I love it so much. It makes me so happy. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I've sent videos to my friends, like Blake, Shelton, and Niall. They've, I've hit them up so much with videos of me just singing your song. Good. Yeah. It's so good. But you know what? That's what I wanted. That's the reason I never made a Christmas album before was because I couldn't find, in my mind, I couldn't find a way to put myself into to a sheer Christmas, you know? Really? So then I found these, I found my, a girl I've known since I, she was four years old sent me that song. And... And um, and I didn't even know it was her, Sarah Hudson, four years old, Sarah Hudson, big writer, whatever. Yeah. So I got that, and then all of a sudden, I started to kind of not, you know how your mind is thinking, but you're not aware of it? Yeah. But so then I thought about doing the song with Darlene. Oh, I did not know the backstory on that, that you originally did. I didn't know that. No. I love that you sang the backgrounds, and then y'all twisted it, and now she's singing it with right. you. No, and because I, I wasn't going to do it unless she wanted to sing it with me, because somehow it just wouldn't have been right. But 
on this one of the songs on my album, Darlene Love, who sings Baby Please Come Home and everybody knows it, blah, 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 yeah. blah. When I was 17, I did the background on it. So when we came together with it, I it never was, knew it that. Really, it, was, it was really good. I never knew that. I think I heard you say that on Fallon, and I was like, I never knew that. I, oh. I think that's incredible. No, but how would you know this, like, nameless, faceless little kid get in the back? I know, but it Move plays. Cher, could you just step back? Cher, could you just step back? Cher, <laughs> no. could you just sing a little softer? No, but that, oh, that's been my thing the whole right. They're like, yes. you're too loud, right. blend. Right. You're excited. So anyway, they, she's such a fan, Kelly. And then let, let, do we have time to play this next one? I think we do. I yeah, we so. got a minute. Okay, let's play it. This is. I, uh, I have to say this too, because I think this is incredible. And I don't know any other artist that has accomplished this, but this is another number one for you. And you have number one spanning seven decades. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one will accomplish that. No. Like, Two of us have. Who? Are you going to say a band? Don't say a band. It's a band. It, it didn't count. It took four of them to be one of me. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite <laughs> Exactly. No, the Rolling Stones exactly. and me. That's incredible. Right, and I'm not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Wait. Are you serious? You know what? I wouldn't be in it now if they gave me a million dollars. Are you serious? I'm not kidding you. <laughs> oh. I was about to say something else. Yes, yeah. I was about to say I'm not. Yeah. Right. If you ever change your mind, I'm never. No, gonna no. Change if you my okay, mind. I get. I have things Every in my they career can just like go, that. You know what? Themselves. Yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. it is interesting who's been before her. She's been eligible since 1991. You know I periodically, yeah. once or twice a year, go off on I'm glad this. you're not going to today. But, I mean, it is it is a scandal. <laughs> it is a music scandal. If who shares not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, excuse me? I mean, can we just call outright sexism there? It just reeks. It oh, smells. So I'm with Cher. <laughs> Not for a million dollars. They can go bleep themselves. And she sounds so happy. Oh, she's That's the thing. And then you know Kelly went on, you know, to say, well, my gosh, you know, I. She said, I also didn't realize how you changed music forever when you recorded Believe. 25 years ago, and that was the first song, Auto-Tune, mm -hmm. that you kicked that one in. And she also is going, Cher is, another tour is happening. Oh, She didn't Laurie, say if it's going to... we got to go. We've been to all of our oh. final finals. Well, and she said, I don't know why I ever called that a farewell tour. She said that was like the promotion. You know, that's yeah, that's how they wanted to promote it. But she, does, she seemed like she was open to touring. Oh, I love that news. And, you know, having a younger boyfriend would definitely make it easy to tour. You know? Why? Well, you're getting lucky. Okay. You know? Okay, you're thank you. I'm just waiting for, for you to make that you're connection. You're holding hands. Duh. Someone's putting lotion on you. <laughs> <laughs>